You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So we're going to continue ministering on uh, just hearing the voice of the Lord. And so when I talk about hearing the voice of the Lord, it, it really is a little bit more broad than just hearing. Because really, when we're getting things from the Lord, it doesn't always come through just hearing. Sometimes it comes through other ways. Sometimes it comes through, you know, Artie mentioned when, whenever she ministered, she talked about that, uh, you know, we've got five natural senses, what we can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. Y'all remember her ministering on that. Well, it's true in the spiritual realm that we also have uh, senses uh, in our spirit where we can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. And so a lot of times when the Lord is communicating to us, it doesn't always come and thus saith the Lord or even, oh, God spoke to me. Now, many times it does, uh, but oftentimes it will come in other forms. God will give us dreams. He'll give us visions. He'll give us pictures. Um, sometimes we'll just have a revelation, we'll have a knowing, we can be reading his word and something will just come alive to us. Those are all forms of God communicating with us. So when it comes to getting things from the Lord, really what we're after is the revelation that's in the spirit coming alive on the inside of us. So often, and most of the time, what we do oftentimes is we just say, God spoke to me. And I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that's, that's fine. But if you really look at the nitty-gritty, it oftentimes is not God speaking, but it's God revealing. And we take everything that gets revealed to us, and it ends up coming into a word. Because then when we're, we're describing it to ourselves or we're telling it to somebody else, we use our words, right? So then it's like a word of God. Because if God gave you a picture, and you could be in worship one day, and then you go and tell somebody about the picture that God gave you, um, you could draw the picture for him, but most likely you're going to go and you're going you're gonna to say, and I was sitting there and I saw the sun rise and then the water started to part or, you know, whatever the picture was. You're using your words. So it's fine to call it a word from God, but understand this. There are many avenues for the Lord to speak to you or to communicate to you to where what he has to say comes alive on the inside of you. And the deal is, is that what we need is not just is not just, um, we don't want to just read the scriptures and have knowledge. We don't want to have just some kind of idea about things. We want to have rhema. We want to have the, the word to where it comes alive to us and it becomes revelation to our heart. It becomes a quickening. Everybody understand what it means to be, to be quickened? It's where something comes alive. And that's why the Bible is called uh, the living word. And that's why the, the Bible tells us that he is alive. Of course, he raised from the dead, so we know he's a living God. Paul talked about in Corinthians, he said that those dumb idols that you used to worship, and he, when he was referring to the dumb idols, he wasn't just saying like, oh, them idiot idols. Like, that's not what he was saying. He was literally saying, you used to worship things that could not speak to you. Now you worship a God who is alive and is well able and is speaking. He's communicating with you. Praise God, we have a God that communicates with us. Hallelujah. And so the deal is, is that we, we the goal is, is that here we are, and also God is on the inside of us, and he's in heaven, but he's on the inside of us, and the goal is, is that we want to know what he knows. We want to hear what he's speaking. 
Because, see, Jesus said that the works that I do, you'll do, you'll do the same things and even greater. But he also said that I don't do anything except for what I see the Father do, and I don't say anything except for what the Father is saying. So if we're supposed to take on the same role, we need to be able to see what God is doing, and we need to be able to hear what it is that he's saying. It's really important. But the deal is, is that everybody can do that. Every single person can do that in their own life. You can hear God. You can see God. You can have revelation of the Lord. And whenever it talks about using that word revelation, for example, whenever you see that in the scriptures, even the book of Revelation, not revelations, but revelation, even when you see the book uh, in the title of it, it's the Greek word uh, apocalypto, I think is how you say it. It's where we get our word apocalypse from. But really, if you go study it out, it's a revealing is what it is. So it's kind of like, you know, if there was, um, if this was like a performing stage, which I often refer to this as a platform. It's just to elevate so people can have something to be drawn to. But uh, anyways, if this was a performing stage, there might be curtains that would be there. And you wouldn't know what's going on on the other side. But when the curtains get pulled back, you would be able to see what's going on on the other side. Well, when the revealing comes to us, it's as if the curtains are pulled back in our heart and we're able to see, perceive, know, understand, and hear the things that are going on. And that is, the, that is God's goal for us. He desires for us to know the things that are going on because when enlightenment comes, it changes our life. God doesn't work in darkness. He works in light. It's really simple but very profound. That one thing is amazing. Sometimes you can have God relate things to you, speak things to you in some of the strangest fashions. I heard that from a lady who later became my enemy, and, but it stuck with me, and it was a word from the Lord. And she had said, uh, this is not anybody that anybody in this room would know. Well, Liz would, but, and Dad would, but beyond that, nobody else would. Um, but anyways, from years ago, and she, she said, God doesn't work in, uh, in darkness. He works in light. And when she said that, see, sometimes the Lord will take really simple things and bring revelation to you. And when she said that, it was just like it got lodged in me. And so I think about this all the time, that he doesn't work in darkness, he works in light. This is why we're called to be children of light. We're called to come to the light. If there's an area that you need changed, you could say that there's an area that that's in darkness, that that area is in darkness. If you don't understand something, it's in darkness. It doesn't mean that it's evil. It just means that there, there needs to be light come to it so understanding can come so you know how to deal with that particular situation. God works in the light. He doesn't work in the darkness. And if we need God to work on us, and how many of all need God to work on you? Amen? I know. I can see some of you really. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we all need God to work on us. Amen? Me included. We all need that. But if, if we continue to stay in a place of darkness... It's not that he doesn't want to, he's unable to, because he doesn't work in darkness, he works in the light. And so that's what revelation will, will cause you to do, is cause you to step into the light or begin to operate in the light. And so I want to give you something here. Um, before I get into my message, all that was an introduction, and then this is an introduction to the real message, okay? So two introductions. Um, I'm going to give, I'm kind of kidding, it's, it's all going together here. I'm going to give you seven and if you've got something to write down with, you're going to want to write this down. This will really help you. I'm going to give you seven what I call communication constants. So it's not just constants for hearing God's voice or constants for getting revelation, but it's just communication constants. Because, again, a lot of the ways that God will speak to us can be, can be different than how we might think. And we need to broaden our perspective on how the Lord would minister to us. You know, one time uh, Liz and I went out for, and we, we had this happen often. And uh, I told this this morning, but then I remembered a little piece of it that I had forgotten. But we went out for, I think it was a walk, 
And uh, we thought we could get our walk in before it rained. And so we, we went out and we started to walk. And, we, the, and I was like, oh, man, we can do it. We can, we can beat it, and we'll make it around this track we were going around. And, uh, and then the clouds were, seemed to be moving faster over us, like serious storm rain clouds. And, uh, but what was interesting is it seemed like every time that we would go out for a walk or a jog or something that we would get rained on. And so this time, when they were coming, I said, not this time. I said, I'm beating this. And so I really took off running. And... I did not beat it, and it began to downpour on us. And, I, and then I remembered that I had all these times where we would find ourselves in rain, even though we tried to time it to go out and walk when we didn't get rained on, but we always got rained on anyways. I said, Lord, are you saying something here? And he said, you cannot outrun my rain. And, you know, rain in the Bible is a good thing. Uh, me and uh, these two, myself and these two, we went to President Trump's inauguration back in 2016, and I will never, and we were so far, we were so far away, we were like a mile away watching it on a big screen, but we were there, and by the way, the Communist News Network lied about how many people that were there, there were so many people there, so many people, and, and if you showed the clip that they showed, it looked like there was like 30,000 people there, there was like probably 2 million people there, it was a sea of people, we witnessed it with our own eyes, we couldn't even get in, we thought we left early enough, and of course, we tried to help this other guy, and that ended up costing us time, and then anyways, whatever. Um, but uh, Billy Graham was there, and he did, he uh, shared something during the inauguration, and when he began to sh share, uh, or right before, it started to rain, and then he said, I mean, I love this. He said, uh, Mr. President, he said, from everything I know about the Bible, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know a lot. We're all listening. He said, everything I know about the Bible, that when it began to rain, it's a good thing. And, uh, and that really stuck with me. And I don't know why I shared all that, but I was there at the 2016 inauguration, and, and it was very cool. But, um, man, we got called, we, we got called like, um, we were walking down this one aisle, aisle, alley, really, a street, and we were trying to get into something, and all these protesters were, were blocking us. Remember that? And they were screaming and yelling profanities. They were like women's rights, something, LGBTQ, RSTU, VWXYZ, people, I don't know, something. And they literally, and of course, they do this intentionally. But I was like, stay cool, Kent. Stay cool. Don't get in a fight. You don't want to get arrested with two kids while you're in D.C. But um, <laughs> they said something like, pointing to them, and they said, there's two future white supremacist uh, misogynists. And I'm thinking, <laughs> prophesy that over your own kids, but you leave my kids alone, you know. And uh, anyways, I'm really off topic here. But this, you, everybody enjoys a good story, right? Yeah, this is a good story. So, but back to us going on the run or whatever, that God spoke to me. And this was my point is that he said, you can't outrun my reign. Well, that was a time when the Lord took something very natural. Now, I did hear him actually speak to my heart. And, but he used something in the natural to get my attention to tell me something that he wanted to tell me, which was basically, my blessing is going to overtake you. You're not ever going to get out of, the, out of the, the way of the blessing or whatever. And so that, he used that to speak to my heart. And so God will use things, even natural circumstances, to pay attention to things. And this is why it's good to be around prophetic people. And I consider myself a prophetic person. I do prophesy, I prophesy over people and release the word of the Lord. God gives me things. Uh, but 
that has increased being around prophetic people. And also what has increased is my awareness of what God is saying at times when I normally would have not paid attention to it. You know, there's this guy named Danny Silk, and he teaches on the fivefold ministry. And he's got this video where he's talking about like, like prophets. And he said, prophets don't have digital clocks. They have portals to heaven. And, you know, like when it's 1234 and, you know, they'll be like, one, two, three, four, divine order. And then he's like, it's the second time it happened today. That's, that's uh, confirmation, you know. And so, you know, some people can just see the Lord and everything. But when you're around people that are able to see the Lord and just, just snippets of things to where God can get your attention about stuff, uh, that's really fun. That's really a good thing. And if you pay attention, God will, God will reveal things to you in natural, everyday things. See, he, de- he delights in small things and getting our attention in small things. Because, you know, Elijah said that he wasn't in the fire and wasn't in the storm or in the wind, whatever it was. But it says that he was in the still, small voice. Sometimes that still, small voice is just paying attention to what's going on around you, and God will, God will begin to speak to you and reveal things to you in those moments. It's not always a big, a big huge thing. You know, when I started writing, before I started writing books, which is the craziest thing to me, and I, I think I've written one book, I've actually written two, the other one's getting close to being done, and I think they're very good. Some people may not. I don't really know. I think that they're really good, and, and they're going to get better and better. And, and I'm only saying that for this reason, and my dad can verify this. Liz can verify this. I was horrible at English in school. My, if you ever watch, see my handwriting, like you come up here and look at these notes that I got here, it, it looks like I wrote in tongues. I mean, I, I am not a writer. In the natural, I'm not a writer. But God has been able to do something in me to be able to write things down. And then I started receiving all these prophecies, and lo and behold, all of a sudden I'm writing books. And I can't explain it to you other than I've just followed the leading of the Lord. Well, I was in the post office one time, and this was probably two and a half, three years ago, and I was mailing a package, and I got one of their envelopes. And I took their envelope, and I got one of their pens, which you would have thought they would have had pens that would write on their envelopes. So, and I went to write the address down on it, and it wouldn't write. So I put the pen back, and I grabbed another pen, and I went to write, and it wouldn't write. And I went through about five or six pens, and so I told the lady behind the counter, I said, ma'am, do you have like a, a magic marker or something, like a Sharpie? And she said, well, I've got this big one, and it was like one of those big wide ones. And I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna work. So, uh, so then there was a lady standing right over here, and she said, sir, just like this, she said, you can use my pen. I said, thank you. Took it, and it wrote perfectly. And I went to give it back to her, and I said, here's your pen. She said, no, you can keep it. And it instantly, as I had my hand out like this, I'll never forget it, the Lord said, I will give you what you need to write. That was a good word. And you know what? I, I, and I remember leaving there telling Liz, like, man, God gave me a word, and I began to move forward and start to do something that in the natural, I felt like I had no ability, but I had a word from God. And lo and behold, I finally was able to produce my first book. And it felt like the womb was open and I could, which is horrible for a guy to use that analogy because we don't even get it. But, you know, it felt like, it felt like the, the, the first one came out and then there's going to be more come out. And so, and it was, and it started from the Lord speaking to me. God will use different things in different ways to get your attention, to help you see, understand, perceive, and hear the things that he's wanting 
to reveal to you. There's people that have heard the, the audible voice of the Lord. Has anybody heard? I know you have, Marianne. You've heard the audible voice of the Lord. Anybody else ever heard the audible voice of the Lord? So we've got a few in here. So maybe you're thinking maybe, but you're not sure. So yeah, I've met a lot of people like that. Well, I had one time that I, and this is, this is very rare, but most of the time this is what we're looking for, but it's not really the normal, is that we have writing on the wall or we hear this booming voice out of heaven. Wouldn't it be easy if it was just like that? It'd be like, okay, I know exactly what to do in this situation. Look, there, a, a giant hand with a golden pen wrote it on my wall. I know exactly what to do. But it just doesn't usually work like that. But one time I did hear the voice of God, and it was right after we got married. And um, she was already asleep, and I was laying there in bed getting ready to go to sleep. And I was just almost out. And, and this, is the, this is the way I've described it, is that I heard, I heard God, and the only thing he spoke was my name. He just said, Kent. And when he said it, it this, is, this was my description then, is that it shook my bones. I mean, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't deny it. I mean, I was up. I had tears coming down my face. My heart was pounding. I'm like, God, what is it? What is it? And finally, when I got settled down enough to, to hear him in here, he said, I just want to spend time with you. So that was a very rare time when he got, got my attention. But he can speak to you through an audible voice. But most of the time, it's the little seemingly insignificant things that God will do to get your attention to help you see something. I think it may, might have been Marianne that was said something about, um, somebody did about, you know, sometimes even a song will come on the radio and it'll be like, you just had this conversation with what I don't even listen to the radio anymore. But anyways, you just had this conversation about this, this thing. And the next thing you know, you have a song that will come on that'll say exactly the thing that you were just talking to somebody about. That's oftentimes the Lord confirming something that's going on on the inside of you. You ever picked up the Bible? And uh, hopefully you've picked up the Bible and read it a little bit. Uh, but you've been thinking about something and just kind of pondering on something, and then you just start reading, maybe even a random place you just started reading, and all of a sudden you'll have something come in front of your eyes that was exactly what it was that the Lord was showing you. That's God speaking to you. That's God revealing truth to you just in a very unique way. He loves the quiet way of being able to get our attention. He, it's like he doesn't, he doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't, he doesn't force us to listen to him. We have to make that choice. But when we make that choice, you can bet that God, God is speaking. He is revealing. He is communicating. We just need to make sure that we're postured in a way to where we can actually hear and perceive what it is that he's saying. So let me give you seven constants, all right? You're going to want to write these down. These are communication constant constants. Number one, every person possesses the ability to know and understand him. So every person possesses the ability to know and to understand him. This is very important. There's a lot of people that think, oh, well, the, hearing God, that's just for the prophet, or that's just for the pastor, or that's just for spiritual, you know, brother, sister, so-and-so, whoever. But literally, every person is a king and a priest. Our kingship depicts the authority that we have and the reign that we have in the earth to release the kingdom of God in the sphere that he's called us to. But our, uh, priest, our, our priesthood, being a, a priest, has to do with our relationship with the Lord. And we have every right to go into the throne of God and to receive whatever it is that God has for us at that moment. And that's for everybody. That's for every born-again believer. Number two, all right, here's a, a constant in communication. Number two, he, he wants us to understand him. Some people might say, okay, well, I've got the ability. Sure, I'll believe that. But I don't really think God wants to talk to me. 
and you've got all of these things that are going on in your thinking and maybe your past and maybe you're condemning yourself and maybe you think that you just don't measure up, whatever it is, you need to throw all that stuff out the window and realize that he, he, uh, he wants you to, under, to understand him. He doesn't just want to speak and then us not get it. He wants us to understand what it is that he's revealing to us. Number three, he never gives the silent treatment. Anybody that's been married, you've had the silent treatment. Anybody that's been married, you've given the silent treatment. And it's kind of like, you know what? How dare you? And then you don't talk or whatever. You know, everybody, everybody's been married can relate to that. And you've probably been on both ends. By the way, that is nothing but manipulation. Just so everybody is fully aware, that's, that's all that that is. But God, God doesn't do that. He doesn't work like that. He doesn't give us a silent treatment. At times, it can feel silent. You ever been there before to where you're communicating with the Lord, you're talking, and it felt like crickets on the other end? There's different, I'm gonna, and I'm going to talk about this here in just a second, but there are different, different reasons why we may not be perceiving at that moment what the Lord is wanting to say, but it's never God sitting in the corner with his arms folded going, I ain't talking to you for a while. You really, <laughs> he doesn't get offended, right? Offense is not a good thing. He doesn't get offended, and he doesn't ever come to a place to where he just says, no, I don't think I'm going to talk to you. No, God, is a, he's a good father. He's a good dad. He's the best dad. He doesn't ever not give us what, what we need at the time when we need it. Amen. So he never gives us a silent treatment. Here's number four. His revelations rarely, which I don't know how you can have a constant if you use the word rarely, but anyways, this is just how I wrote it. His revelations rarely come without asking the right questions. This is very important to understand this. This, I wish I had known this many years ago. I would have been, it, I would have, it would have propelled me along faster. And really in the last couple of years, truly, I've, I've gotten a hold of this, and it's helped me in my relationship with the Lord tremendously. But he, his revelations rarely come without asking the right, the correct questions. And I don't have full understanding of this other than I've just come to know the Lord, and he's just, I would just say he's just kind of funny sometimes. He'll never not give you what you need, but sometimes asking the right question is about aligning your thinking up it's really more about you than him. It's about aligning your thinking up to where you're in line with what it is that you need to hear from him. Because we, we, the truth is, is that we don't know what we need. <laughs> we, th we think we do oftentimes. And so we'll go to the Lord and it can be in a dire situation and we're like, oh, God, help. <laughs> and we want him to give us exactly what we're asking for in that particular moment, but it feels like he doesn't, he's not even talking to us. He, he is, but it feels like he's not. And it's because we're not asking the right question. We're not going to him with the right thing. Because oftentimes, the Lord, you know, we're dealing with a manifestation or a lack of manifestation of something, and the Lord's wanting to get to the heart of the matter, and we're like, God, why isn't this happening? And instead, if we would be quiet and listen or ask him, Lord, what questions should I ask you? What do I need to be asking you right now? He'll say, I want you to talk to me about this. I want you to ask me about this. And you end up talking about something else that fixes that and fixes the thing that you thought was such a big deal. The Lord is just very, very smart. So I found this out that most of the time the answers come because I am asking the correct questions. You say, well, I don't know, I don't know what questions to ask. Ask him what questions to ask, and he will tell you what to ask so you get the answers that you need. It's just a trick. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I can tell you it works. It works. Learn how to see when you here's how I liken it is that when people will 
will ask me, I'm a leader, so when people will come to me and they will ask me questions about things that I have revelation on, it, it, it pulls it out of me. It just, it just pulls it out of me. So sometimes, if you ever come to me and say, what do you think about this? And I give you a blank stare, it's probably because I don't have anything to tell you about that thing that you're asking me, because I just, I don't know. Uh, I am not an infinite leader. I'm just a leader. God is an infinite leader. Amen? So when you ask him questions, it, it's, it's like you are positioning yourself to pull out of him what it is that you need to know. I'm not saying that this is a reflection of God's character to where, because if you're not careful, you could confuse this and go, you trying to say that I have to cross all of my, my T's and dot all of my I's if God's going to communicate with me? <clears throat> and that's not what I'm saying at all. Because the Lord, he's not, he's not there in, in like, uh, you know, almost in a, almost in a mood of, of like, well, that wasn't the right question. I'm not giving you what you need. So it's not, he's not sarcastic like that. That's not him. But there is, again, something about posturing ourselves with saying, Lord, what do I need to know? What question do I need to ask? And then when we do that, it pulls the, the wisdom, the understanding that we need from him. Amen? I, and if you don't understand that or don't believe that, then just try it, and then you'll agree with me. Amen? And you'll see that it works really, really well. I know for me that I started getting more revelation when I started asking more questions in general, and then he led me to the right questions to ask. Here's number five. Here's communication constant number five. He gives without reproach. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, I asked my dad. This is my dad, for those of you who don't know, sitting right here. Uh, I asked him years ago in James chapter 1 and verse 4 or 5, somewhere around there. It says that if any man lacks wisdom, uh, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach. And I remember reading that verse one day, and I, did, I was just young, I don't know, a teenager probably. And I said, what does that mean without reproach? And he gave me the best answer, and this has always stuck with me. He said, that means when you screwed it up the first time, or I might have said, you might have said messed it up, whatever. But this is how I heard it. When you screwed up the first time that he gives it to you, you can go back and he won't hold it against you and he'll give you whatever you need again in the future or at that, or at that moment. And so he, this is a constant. No matter what you did with what he gave you before, you can come back and he'll still give you what you need at that present time. Even if you took his advice and you twisted it and did it wrongly, you can still come back and he'll, he'll give you what you need. Even if you took his advice and said, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that at all. And you totally, anybody ever done that before? You just like totally did not do what God told you. How did it work out for you, by the way? Uh, you can come back to him even after that. He'll fix your problems and say, no, what else do you need to know? He, he's, he's a God that gives and he doesn't hold anything over your head based on what you did wrong or didn't do right. He's a God that gives without reproach. Man, somebody need to hear that. Thank you for that arousing one amen. All right. Number six, um, his words can be corrective. They can often be corrective, but they are never condemning. They can be corrective, but they are never condemning. Very important. Number seven, and this might be the most important one, but let me say this. He will never violate his word. When he's speaking to you, if what he's saying violates his word, it's not him saying it. And I've been around, and when you pastor long enough and you have people, they'll say, oh, you know, the, the pastor of the Lord told me X, Y, Z. And it's like, that goes totally against the Bible. <laughs> you, can, you could just bet that it's not the Lord. Um, so I've learned to not be, you know, be hard on people or anything like that, but just say, well, let's, you know, let's go look and see what the scriptures 
say here because there has to be this thing about teaching people to hear the voice of the, of the Lord, teaching people to know that it's the Lord speaking to them or not. Because what we want to do is to develop our relationship with the Lord, all of us, we should want this for other people, that they can confidently hear the Lord for themselves. Because the deal is, is that there's not any place in the Scripture that says that on, so, you know, you two are looking at a house. And, you know, there's not anything, and you can read it cover to cover. I've read it, and I can promise you there's not anything in here that says on Sunday, May 29th in the afternoon, Lee and Cindy are going to go look at a house. And this is exactly what you're supposed to do with the house that you have been given, or that you're going to look at, is, right? There's, that's not in there anyway. So, but do they need to hear the voice of the Lord? Yeah, absolutely. They need to hear yes or no, and if yes, how to go about it, all of those kind of things. So we, we need to develop the ability, and not just for big decisions like that, especially for big decisions, but not just for big decisions, but for every area of life, we need to be able to hear God clearly, know that it's him speaking to us. And so I've had people ask, this is one of the most common questions that I've gotten, is how do you know that it's God uh, how do you know what his voice sounds like? How do you know that it's the Lord speaking to you? And it's just, as, it's just as simple as this. If all of you went out of this room, and let's say that um, let's say that I didn't have the microphone, and then you didn't even know I was in the room, and I got up and got on the microphone, all of you have been listening to me enough that if I got on the microphone and you couldn't see me, but you could hear me because it was coming through the speakers loud enough, you'd say, that's Kent on the microphone. Why? Because you've been around me long enough. You've heard me enough. You, you would know, you know my voice by now. It's the exact same thing with the Lord. It's, you know, you can't, you can't really describe how his voice sounds in the natural sense. Why it's one of the most difficult questions to answer. How do you hear God's voice? Well, I don't know. How do you hear other people's voices? You just, you listen by, and, and you spend time, and you listen when you're spending time with them, you will come to know their voice. So it's not so much about hearing God's voice as it is about being able to, to distinguish his voice and being able to distinguish any form that he's communicating with you. And when you can do that, then you can step into different situations with confidence knowing that you, you heard the Lord. Uh, here's something that's really, really important. And I want to, as a matter of fact, let's pull this up. John chapter, um, actually, let's go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. I want to pull this up. And this is one of the best ways that I can tell you how to follow um, the voice of the Lord, how to hear God's voice, and how to be, how to be led um, and not make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't made any mistakes, I've made plenty of mistakes, but if I had not violated what I'm getting ready to tell you, I wouldn't have made the mistakes. And I'm going to tell you now, if you will go with what I'm getting ready to tell you, this is a strong statement here, but you will never miss God again for the rest of your life. Now, I'm going to explain it here in just a second. But if you will adhere to what I'm getting ready to tell you, you will never miss God again for the rest of your life. Now, I want, to, I want to say something here. Well, let's read this verse. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Uh, that word for rule there, uh, the Greek word, I don't remember what it is, but the Greek word is where we get our, our, our word umpire from. You all know what an umpire is in baseball, right? And it, he's, he's the one, well, there's several of them, but the one behind the plate, the pitch is thrown, he calls ball strike. And so whatever's coming in, he's making a call with it, right? 
That's exactly what this is saying here. It's saying that whatever circumstances come up, let the peace of God be an umpire in your heart. Let peace make a call. And the thing is, is that we are called to be in peace. We are people of peace. We serve a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We have the spirit of peace living on the inside of us. We have the fruit of the spirit on the inside of us of peace. And so we live in peace. And so really, it's often not so much the peace we're looking for, but the lack of peace in situations. Because when we're just, we're going through life, not everything is this big, giant spiritual decision of what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Because if it was that easy, everybody would get it right all the time. Because we've all asked, Lord, what do I do in this situation? And it feels like crickets. But have you ever done something that you didn't get the answer you were looking for in the way that you were looking for, but the next thing you know, you're, you're doing something and you, you just got this check and you're like, oh, I don't know about this. And then you get a flat tire or you get in an accident or you know, the, the, the meeting did not go good at all, and you knew you shouldn't have gone. You knew you shouldn't have driven down the road. You knew you shouldn't have made the purchase. Anybody ever been there before? And what that is, is peace being removed from that situation because the Lord's saying, no, no, don't do that. Don't go down that road. And so here's the thing I've come to understand is that, and I wrote this down so I'd say it just right, um, hearing his voice is oftentimes only peace. Oftentimes, his voice is only peace. Or when the peace is removed, you know that he's saying, don't, don't do the thing that you're looking at doing. This is why it's good to do things in steps and stages sometimes if you can. If, if somebody comes and says, hey, I got to have an answer by tonight, to, this is my philosophy. If, if it is God and there has to be an answer by tonight or by tomorrow morning and you feel rushed, there will be writing on the wall. I mean, there will be absolutely no doubt concerning it, but that's rare. It's very rare. Mostly how God works is that you'll have an opportunity, something will come up, and then you'll just, you'll just be able to move towards that slowly, and if you feel better and better and better about it, you're probably going in the right direction. But if you just think, ah, something's not right here, that's peace being removed so you don't go down the path that, that you were going to go down. So it's not always this, this big spiritual, oh, God, show me what to do. Show me, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. You know, what color carpet do I need? You know, a lot of things God just doesn't really care. I remember hearing a story years ago about this guy. He came up to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I'm trying to figure out if I should drive a Ford or if I should drive a Chevy. And the, the pastor was like, God really doesn't care if you drive a Ford or a Chevy. It really doesn't matter. Just make sure you buy a car that's good for you, one you can afford, that kind of stuff. Use some wisdom. But if you don't have peace about, I wish I had learned this. I bought some cars that I didn't have peace about, and they cost me hundreds or thousands of dollars in repairs. God will keep you from doing that stuff if we just pay attention to this. So it's oftentimes not this big, this big decision, but it's just about following peace. So knowing that, uh, uh, know that hearing his voice is oftentimes only peace, but his voice is never outside of peace. God will never speak to you and you not have peace. Now, he might speak to you and you're dealing with fear about the thing that he's told you to do. And I've had many times when the Lord has said, go here, and he's presented opportunities for me to go minister and do things, especially for, with public speaking because I've had a lot to work through with that in my life. And, uh, you know, you talk about, you talk about a really difficult thing to go back and listen to yourself. And I did this for years. Go back and listen and try and critique yourself. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. 
Nobody likes that. And if you look at yourself on camera, I don't know anybody that likes to look at themselves on camera. So pray for me. I have sometimes a tough job when I have to look at things or see things or hear things. Uh, not really. It's okay. But um, uh, so sometimes you'll, be, you'll have fear in associated with deal, dealing with things, but that doesn't mean that God's not in it. Oftentimes, you just have to have more courage than you do fear. Because I've had times, it's interesting, I've had times when I've had been totally at peace about a decision, but everything in my mind and my body was just reeling. And, you know, I was at situations where I was running to the bathroom right beforehand because my stomach was in knots and it was not a good situation. But I knew God told me to do the thing. And I just had to have more courage than I, than I was experiencing fear at that moment. But I still had peace about it. And so you have to, and so you go, well, how do you, how do you distinguish that? Just walking with the Lord. Just spending time with him. And if you'll pay attention on the little things, when you miss it, it won't hurt so bad. So you can practice with the Lord. You can, you can just practice uh, not only with the peace thing, but even hearing God's voice. One time I was in, uh, I was a prayer minister at one of Brother Andrew's conferences, and I was in San Jose, California. And it was in between meetings, and I was outside talking to somebody. It was back when we had flip phones. Remember, we all had flip phones. And I got off the phone. I was probably talking to Liz. And I shut the phone. I shut the phone. And as soon as I did, I heard the Lord say, Andrew's mom's about ready to die. Now, I, had, I didn't know anything about Andrew's mom. I'd never talked to Andrew's mom. I had never heard Andrew talk about his mom. Nobody had said anything about his mom. There was nothing in the natural that made me think that. But I heard that. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was. I just thought it was some random thought. I didn't know. So then I go, we go back into the next session, the next meeting, and Andrew gets up and he goes, well, I just got, if you ever listen to him talk, I just got off the phone and it looks like my mom's not going to make it too much longer, literally the next words out of his mouth. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I'm sitting there, I didn't say this out loud, but I'm sitting there all by myself, not, well, in the crowd of people, but talking with the Lord, just me and him. And I was like, whoa, Lord, what is going on here? And I, I, I wrestled with this. I'm like, what is going on? Why? And finally I said, and this goes back to asking the right questions. I said, why did I hear that? He said, son, I'm just training you to hear my voice. Because I had no bearing on what was going to happen with Andrew's mom. It wasn't about that for me. It was about me learning to hear his voice. So how do you get to know somebody's voice? You just spend time with them. You just put yourself in a position to let God speak to you, he will, and you'll get to be able to distinguish his voice. Hallelujah. So we're people that are supposed to live in peace. Let's look here in John chapter 14. You guys getting something good out of this? John chapter 14, we're going to pull this up here. And we're going to look at verse 25 through 27. And I think we've got it here. Here we go. It says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now hold this verse up here for a second. So I want you to notice something here. He's saying the helper, the Holy Spirit, he's going to teach you all things and he's going to bring things to remembrance, the things that Jesus had previously spoken. So he's saying that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is going to come to you and he's going to help you know things by way of remembrance and he's going to teach you things. Well, when somebody's teaching, I'm teaching right now. What is required for you to understand what it is that I'm, I'm saying? I have to speak and you have 
to listen and hear what it is that I'm saying, right? So he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's your helper and he's your teacher. So it's, it's automatically implied that not only is the Holy Spirit going to teach, but they are going to hear and perceive what the Holy Spirit is saying to them. And you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen the Holy Spirit. Has anybody ever seen the Holy Spirit? If you say yes, then we need to have a conversation. I don't think anybody's seen the Holy Spirit. We've, we've maybe felt him uh, in a sense, but we've definitely recognized his workings and different things that he has done, undoubtedly. But I've never actually seen the Holy Spirit. But he's saying here, first of all, that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's real, right? And that when he comes, he's going to teach. So that means God is God's smart. He doesn't just say the Holy Spirit's going to come and teach. And then in the back of his mind, he's thinking, well, they're just too stupid. They'll never figure it out. I mean, he, God doesn't think that way. We might, we might say things like that about ourselves. I've met people before. They're like, I'm just, I'm just too dumb. I just can't hear God. No, you can hear God. You can hear God. Stop saying that about yourself, number one. But number two, God has given you the ability to hear and to distinguish his voice. How do you do that? I never noticed this until recently. Look at the next verse. It says, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So he's tying. See, we separate verses out all the time. We take one thing. And we, we build a whole understanding or doctrine out of it. And there, it can be okay sometimes to do that. But generally, you, you really need to see things in context. He's talking about hearing God's voice, the, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, hearing the teacher teach, and having understanding from remembering the things that Jesus taught. He's talking about that coming through the Holy Spirit, but it's directly in concordance with him being a God of peace. Peace I leave with you. Everything we're supposed to do is supposed to be in the realm of, of the peace of God. Whenever we get outside of the peace of God is when we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be in. Hearing the voice of the Lord is so important because it really, it really is the pinnacle of us going in the, in the right direction and making the course corrections as the Lord has designed for us to do. If we don't ever hear God's voice, we'll never arrive at the place that he's called us to be at. Amen. Let me let you in on a little, another little secret, how to hear God's voice really well. Good. You said yes, so I'm going to tell you. Um, I'll at least tell you. People oftentimes will pray and say, Lord, show me your will, show me your will, show me your will, show me your will. I'm not saying that that's wrong to pray that, but I can't find anywhere in the scriptures where people pray, Lord, show me your will, and God showed it to them. What I do find is that when you find people moving, working, serving, and I, so I could just hear, not you guys, but I can hear voices from past going, oh, you're just trying to get us to serve in a church. Listen, <laughs> a little bit maybe, but uh, David got the call and what was he doing? He got the direction, the anointing to go, and what was he doing? He was tending his father's sheep. Uh, Elijah, or excuse me, Elisha, let's go back before that, Moses, uh, he was tending Jethro's sheep, and he got the call to go and deliver the children of Israel. 
He didn't just sit there and go, Lord, please show me a sign. Tell me something. Do something. No, 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 whatever. Lord, show me a real. He didn't, that's not what he was doing. At least according to the word, he was doing something. And that's where he found God's will for his life. That's pretty powerful. Look at Elisha. Elisha received Elijah's mantle. And he had double what Elijah had. And he did double the miracles, apparently. I never counted them, but that's what I've been told because he had a double portion of what Elijah had. And you know where Elisha was found by Elijah? He was in his father's field plowing. And you would oftentimes we think, man, if I'm going to do God's will, I got to be in the prayer closet. I got to fast. I got to pray. I got to do all these things. And then God's going to use me. I'm for fasting and praying and doing all of the things that we know to do that are right. But oftentimes, it's just when you serve and you just do something, you do what you know is right, and God finds people being faithful that he can say, I can trust you to do what it is that I'm asking you to do. Side note. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm used to looking at that clock, and now I have that clock. I feel like you guys are about full. Maybe you feel really fat and don't want me to shove any more in you. Full, not fat. Don't tell people they feel fat. What's wrong with you, Ken? That's a good way to lose a crowd. Uh, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Let's finish, let's finish here really quickly. Matthew chapter 13. Let me, let me give you this real quick, and then we'll be done. Everybody say, give me some word. Now, if some of you say it like you actually mean it, give me some word. All right, enough of that. Okay, Matthew chapter 13. Hey, doesn't work after two times, just quit. Um, and let's go to verse 10, Matthew 13 and verse 10. There's so much that I, there's so much that I want to say to this, and I'm just trying to think of how to, about how to jump in. But understand something, that the Lord desires for us to know the mysteries. He, he, the things that are a mystery to you, he wants you to know them. And they haven't been hidden from you, they've been hidden for you. The Bible's, it really is the most amazing book that there is. Because you can, and Liz mentioned something like this, you can, you can read the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And then after 110 times reading it, you'll see something that you never saw before. Anybody ever done that with, with the word and parts of it? You're just like, wow, I never saw that. It really truly is an amazing book. And so there's this, there's this thing about the Lord wanting us just to continue to seek him. So he can reveal things to us as we seek him. He doesn't, you could memorize the whole Bible and still not understand it. I think most books, common books, <laughs> there's a lot of books that I, if I read, I wouldn't even understand what they're saying because they're, they're just written by people that are too smart. Uh, but I think a lot of books you could read, and if you could memorize them, you could, you could basically understand everything that's in them. You could memorize the entire Bible. I don't know anyone that has the whole thing memorized. I know a few that are close, but... Um, you can memorize the entire Bible and still not understand everything that's written in it because the, 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 the vastness of who God is and the Word is God. God is the Word. The vastness of who He is is so far beyond what we really have any understanding of. But the things that He has revealed to us are things that He wants us to know that we need to know that will take us from where we're at to where He wants us to be. So in the midst of not knowing things, we don't have to feel like we don't know enough. We'll never know enough on this side of heaven. <laughs> but we do know enough because God gives us what it is that we need. So Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10, it says, The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them 
in parables. And the truth was, is that Jesus spoke to all of them in parables. At times, he would tell them more plainly what he was saying, but he spoke to all of them in parables. But then Jesus answered like, like this, and he said, and he answered and said to them, because, so here's your answer, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Uh, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal, this, heal them. Now, this almost sounds like Jesus is saying, I really don't want to heal people. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is I don't want people to come and think that they can understand the things that I have to offer them without coming to a place of surrender. Let's try this side over here. There's less of you over here, so help me, help me. The Lord doesn't ever want people to come and think that they can understand him, his kingdom, his mysteries, his word, without coming to a place of surrender. It's very, very important that we understand this because there are oftentimes that people will, will come to the Lord in a sense, or they'll, they'll read his word in a sense, and they try to understand it here. The smartest person in the world cannot understand the Bible, but the person that has the weakest mind can understand the vastness and the richness and all the mysteries that God would have to offer us. Why? Because it doesn't come through smarts and intellect. It comes through a submitted heart saying, God, show me more. God, show me more. God, show me more. God, show me more. Give me more. When you develop a hunger in you for more, God will feed that hunger that's in you for the more. And that's what he's looking for for people. He's looking for people to come and say, God, I want you to teach me the things that I don't understand. And you know why he wants to do that? Because he's all about relationship. He's not interested in having a bunch of people full of knowledge without relationship with him. Knowledge puffs up. Even good knowledge will puff up. Even good things that you know, if it's all about like, look what I know, it will actually turn and come to a place of pride and arrogance in your life. But if you had to obtain revelation because you were on your face crying out saying, God, show me something. And it came by way of humility. You couldn't take any credit for that. You would only be able to preach and proclaim and say and understand things because God brought revelation to you. So he's saying, the ones that are of me, that are, of, that are my disciples, the ones that follow me, to them, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries. But to the ones that are on the outside, that really don't want to draw close to me, I hide things from them so that seeing they'll see and not understand and hearing they'll hear and not perceive all those, all those things. So, but for you, understand this, that whenever you see something that's a mystery, because you ever read things of Jesus and you, you read it like, oh, these are the blessed words of Jesus, they're in red. And you get to the end and you're like, what the heck did he just say? Anybody ever experienced that before? Am I the only one? Oh, oh we've all done that. It's like, what is he saying here? He loves that question. But with, God, show me what it is that you're saying here. And then all of a sudden, light bulbs will come on. Revelation will come to you. You know what that is? That's God speaking to you. 
He wants you to know the mysteries. He wants you to know uh, the revelations and the deep things, the hidden things that are hidden for you, not from you. It's very important that we understand that. And there's so much more that I could say, but I, I, I feel that we're, we're done. I feel our time here has come to a completion. Uh, but man, God wants you to know stuff. If I could tell you one thing and just really hang on it, God wants you to know stuff. So here's what you do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, here's my last closing very quickly. 1 Corinthians 14. I'm just going to just roughly quote it. That when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays, but your understanding is unfruitful. So then the word also says that when you pray in tongues, pray that you may interpret. But when you're praying in tongues, you're praying, you are praying and speaking to God mysteries. See, when you pray in tongues, you've got a, there's a language going on between your spirit and God, your spirit in heaven. And when you're praying in tongues, you're actually communicating with the Lord and you are saying what God is saying, even though you don't understand it. And you say, well, how is that going to benefit me? Because once you get the interpretation, you'll have the same understanding that heaven has. So the word says that let him who prays in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So if you pray in tongues and you get the interpretation of what you're praying, you literally are obtaining revelations from heaven. Man, that's a powerful truth. So when we pray in tongues... Our spirit prays, and this is one of the fastest way to get revelation knowledge and really the best way to get revelation knowledge. Because if you just try to read things or perceive things or hear from the Lord without shutting your mind off, you're likely to get your mind, your thoughts, your ideas, your motives, whatever it is you're dealing with involved in the decision making or the understanding coming to you. But when you pray in tongues, you're literally saying, mind, shut up. I'm communicating with the Lord, and then once I'm done praying in tongues or in the middle of when I'm praying in tongues, God's going to begin to reveal truth to me, revelation to me about the situation or about his word that true clarity is going to come in this particular situation or true clarity is going to come over this, this word. You know how I read the word often is I'll, is I'll read it, and if I don't understand it or even when I do understand it, I'm always looking for more revelation. I will read it, and then I'll begin to pray in tongues. Why? Because when I pray in tongues, I am literally praying the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. And when you're praying that, your spirit is coming into agreement with it. You are praying correctly from your spirit. Your spirit is really the true, it's the true you. Your mind may not understand it at that moment, but you are praying the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. You are praying a perfect prayer when you pray in tongues. So you know what you need? You just need an interpreter. That's all you need. You ever been to a foreign country before and, and preached in a foreign country or heard somebody or something like that, and you'll have somebody that will say something, and everybody's sitting there looking, and they're like, that guy's speaking a different language I don't understand. And then the interpreter will say what it was that that person said so that everybody understands it. Now, the original guy that spoke in the language that nobody understood, he was speaking correctly, but nobody understood it. When you are praying in tongues, you are, you are not just praying correctly, you are, you are praying and speaking correctly perfect. You just need to understand what it is that you're praying. And that's the thing about praying in tongues. It's, it, it's, it brings you to this place of, of humility, of submission, because it's still, you still, after all these years, I've been praying in tongues. On occasion, I'll still go, man, this sounds crazy. <laughs> I don't understand anything of what I'm saying. 
But I'm like, you know what, God? I'm going to obey you and not my mind. And when you press through and you keep doing that, the next thing you know, you get revelation, understanding. Sometimes God will just pour. Sometimes you're praying. I'll be praying in tongues. And I don't know what I'm praying. But I'm praying in tongues. And the next thing I know, I'll have an overwhelming sense of the love of God that will come over me. And I can't explain it. But I understand it here. And I can't explain it because I could say, man, it feels really, really good. I can explain it on that level, right? But God will give you what you need. And if you will just pray in tongues, you'll get the interpretation and you'll have revelation that will come from the deep wells of the Spirit that will blow your mind and other people's minds. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I really am done. It's my last closing. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Just stand to your feet. Father, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the gift that we have of tongues. And Father, I probably didn't do it any justice by just uh, mentioning it without going into teaching, but I think we're full for tonight, definitely. But Father, I thank you that this is all according to your word. Your word teaches these things. It reveals these things. It's written right there. We just pray for revelation to come to us, understanding to come to us. I thank you that just touching on the things that I ministered tonight, there are constants in communication with you. That we can go to you and we don't have to wonder what kind of mood you're in, if you're on our side or if you're going to answer us or if we can hear you. We, we, all those things are constants. I thank you that we live in the realm of peace and we understand and we are led by peace in what we do. But I also thank you that the deep hidden things that they're, not, they're really not that deep for us because we have the Holy Spirit who knows all things. The Spirit that knows everything lives inside of us. There's not any enigma in this life that's too great for us to unlock with the Spirit of God on the inside of us unlocking it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that, that this is a tongue-talking church. We are a tongue-talking people. Not because we've got a Pentecostal culture, but because we have a revelation of true Pentecost. We have a revelation of the fact that the Holy Spirit came down to breathe upon men, that we would receive the Holy Spirit, and our tongues would be set on fire by heaven so that we could bring ourselves into alignment with what you say, God, with what you say, God. Thank you for deep revelations coming to us, not shallow things, but deep things and things that are, are simple, that we go deeper with the simple things. Things that are simple, we'll go deeper with the simple things. This is a word for some of you uh, right now. I'm just hearing this from the Lord that there's some of you that you're looking for answers to things that you've been praying and you're trying to get something different than what you have to give you the result that you're looking for. But the Lord says you don't need something different. You just need to go deeper with what you have. Maybe you've been struggling with really knowing that God loves you. You don't need, you only need one Bible verse to describe God's love. It's God is love. Or one of a hundred other verses. You only need one verse. You just need to go deeper with it. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you've been believing God for healing and it's just you just haven't seen it. And you're thinking, man, I got to know this. I got to know this. I got to know all the Greek and the Hebrew. You don't need to know all that. By stripes, you were healed. And now as you pray in the Spirit, God will take you deeper. He'll make that revelation go so deep inside of you. The roots will go so deep inside of you that it will spring forward and give you what you need. 
It could be a number of other things that you're like, man, I just, I, this isn't working. You don't need a bunch of other stuff. You just need to simply believe what it is that you have. And if you pray in the spirit, God will take you deeper into that revelation that you already know to be true. Thank you, Jesus. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.